instead. All right. Good morning, everybody. Well, after Pastor Henry's last two weeks of sermons, I've asked the drummer to accompany me this week. And I will begin with a backflip. And if you've missed the last two Sundays, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I'm kidding. Uh, You know, my parents um, had a church in South Africa from the time I was about four years old. I can remember them having their own church. So I grew up as a PK. If you don't know what that is, it means you're a preacher's kid. And um, I saw through a child's eyes the weight of a call to ministry. I witnessed my parents go through struggles and betrayals and just letdowns and and things that as a child I didn't understand, I couldn't process. See, because when God calls you, He anoints you and He enables you and He gives you the grace to do whatever it is that He's called you to do. But see, I was the child, I didn't get the grace. So I had a lot of misconceived ideas, and I couldn't process what I saw them going through. So I made a very strong statement at the age of 10, and I said, I will never be in the ministry. I will never become a pastor. And so I said often, I I became a, a businesswoman. I became a very successful businesswoman. For many of you know, I was an art auctioneer. So yes, I had the gavel, the cool thing. And I got to travel the world, mostly on cruise ships and uh, selling art. And I loved it. And I was, you know, I knew, I know God's kingdom is important. So I said, well, I'll be a financial channel for the kingdom, God. I've always tithed, so I will tithe and I'll give. And we helped build Sister Padma's orphanage. We gave to a lot of different ministries. So it was great. I was the financial channel. I was like, yes, this is good. I love this life. And um, it was about 10 years into my career. It was 2008. And I was in Juneau, Alaska. The ship stopped in Juneau. And it was a beautiful day. It was like 65 degrees and sunny which if you've ever been to Alaska, it doesn't happen. So you take advantage. And I had gone and gotten some lunch, and I was sitting, there was a beautiful lake, and I was sitting all by myself, minding my own business, just enjoying the beauty. And um, the the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I'll tell you in my life, this was the first time he ever spoke to me like this, but it wouldn't be the last. And I, but I can count on my one hand the times that the voice of the Holy Spirit, God, has spoken to me like this. Because when he speaks to you like this, you're in, as my dad would say, your entire body feels it. I, when, God, when, when God speaks to me like this, he speaks to me not only in a voice, but in pictures. So I explain to people it's like watching the trailer of a movie. You hear the words, you see the picture, you know exactly, right? And so I'm sitting there and suddenly God speaks to me and he says, because you've been faithful with the worldly riches, I'm going to give you the true riches of the kingdom. And as he says the true riches, all I saw was myself on a stage and as far as I could see, there were people in front of me. And then it was gone. 
and I sat there and I was shaking. My body, I'm like, what just happened? What just, what just happened? I'm like looking around, like, did anybody else see or hear this? You know, I'm, my whole body, I'm quivering because I know, like, that was God. He spoke to me, and I'm thinking, why, why, why were the people? What does He mean, the true riches? Why were they people in front of me? I sell art. I don't need people. What is, you know? So I'm having this whole like meltdown, and I pick up my cell phone and I call my dad, and I'm like, Dad, and I tell him what happened, and my dad goes. <clears throat> Yeah, God just called you to the ministry. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, God just, that was your call. That, he just called you to the ministry. Put mom on the phone. Give me somebody else to talk to. Mom's like, yep, he's right. He just called you. I'm like, but uh, no, what the, how, what? Uh -huh. So there was much that followed after that word that God spoke to me and, and the impact that it would have on my life. And of course, I don't have time to unpack it all today, but um, I'm going to share the cliff notes for you. But the purpose of me telling the story is to show you that all you need is a word from God. That's the title of my sermon. All you need is a word from God. See, a word from God can impact your whole life. A word from God will give you vision and purpose. It will help you defeat anything that comes against you. A word from God, if when you, hear, when you heard the word from God for the first time that said, Jesus died for you, for all your sins, he took them on a cross so that you could be forgiven, so that you could live in right standing with God, that you could have Jesus by your side, that you could have eternity with God. What that word did is it translated you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what the power of a word from God will do. Do you understand the importance of a word from God? Now, a word from God, there's many different words from God. It might be something personal. To, like the calling was for me, something personal. Or it could be that you had a prophetic word given to you, whether it was by Prophet Ed or Andre or even like Prophet Esther's word over us. And then there's words from God that we take from in the Bible, the scriptures. These are, this is God's last will and testament for us. So in this Bible, he leaves promises that are for us that he expects us to hold on to as if he spoke it directly to you in your ear. That's how he's, you were supposed to treasure that word. And the thing is, you can never go wrong if you look for the promises in God's word. And these are what we call general promises because they apply to every believer. You just hold on to them. I'm going to show you a few of these promises in the Bible, and uh, you know, I apologize for abbreviating them for the sake of time, but Isaiah 40 verse 31 he gives strength to the weary. Psalm 50 verse 15. Call on him in your day of trouble and he will deliver you. Matthew 6 verse 31. All you need will be added to you when you seek first his kingdom. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. John 14 27. He gives you his peace. 1 Peter 2 24. He gives you healing. James 1 verse 5, he gives you wisdom. Now, what do you do with those is if you need wisdom in your life, you say, Father God, I thank you. James 1 verse 5 says, if we ask you for wisdom, that you'll give it to us. So I receive that wisdom, God. And now every time that problem comes up during the day where you feel confused or you feel like you don't know, you say, no, no, no. God said I could have wisdom. I asked for it. He's given it to me. Thank you for that wisdom, Lord. 
Father, I, you know how many needs I've got right now. But God, I am praying. I am worshiping you. I'm going to church. I'm tithing. I'm giving. I am seeking you. So Lord, I thank you that you said that you would meet all my needs. You would take care of me, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for taking care of me, Lord. So that's how you take those words and you bury them in your heart. What word are you standing on for your life right now? If I had to ask you, what is your scripture right now for your life? Is it that you want to hear the voice of God more? Is it that you need peace? Is it that you're believing for something financially? What is the word over your marriage that you're standing on right now? Do you have a word over your kids, over your finances, over your body? You need to have these words from God that you bury deep down on the inside of you. You don't just have them memorized, oh, I can quote that. No, you believe it, and then you bury it in your heart and in your soul, in your mind, so that no one and nothing can steal it from you. No situation can steal it from you. Because guess what? God never lets his word return void, which means if you put your trust in his word, then he's going to make sure it comes to pass. He's going to make sure it happens in your life. The word will work for you if you truly put your trust in it and act on it. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, in the garden, you know, the serpent comes to Eve, the snake, which is the devil. He comes to Eve and he says to her, did God really say that you mustn't eat of the tree? The first words we see the enemy saying to humans is, did God really say? Uh, yes, 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 I know, I know what God said, but did he really say? Did he really say that he's going to heal you? Did he really say that you have to forgive? Did he really say that he's going to take care of all your needs? See, his MO hasn't changed. All the devil comes to do is to sow doubt. If he can get you to doubt is God really good all the time? Is God really faithful? Does God really take care of you? Will God really heal you? See, what he does is he comes to sow doubt. Because if he can get you to doubt that the word of God is true or that you can believe all of God's promises, then guess what? He can kill the promises that God's given you. He can steal your hope and he can destroy your dreams. Because that Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know, the crazy thing was Eve looked at the apple and she said, hmm, looks good. Satan's got it in his hand. Doesn't it look good? She's like, hmm, looks good. It was hmm, good, but it wasn't God's best. And see, that's what the enemy will do. He'll come to you and he'll put something in, his, in front of you and he'll say, you've waited so long. May, here, take this instead. I'm sure God will understand. I know you've waited for that man of God. That, yeah, yeah, I know, but he, he's pretty good. He, I mean, he's not saved, but, you know, that's okay. He doesn't go to church, but we, we can work on that. He, it's, it looks good, right? But it's not God's best. And see, when you reach for what the enemy's got in his hand, you might as well have just reached for sin. Because when you take what the devil's offering, you take the sin and then you open your life, your door to the enemy. You've given place to the enemy in your life. So now when you think that you're listening to the voice of God, what you're actually listening to are voices that are masquerading like the voice of God. Because they're free to roam in your life. Because as long as you hold on to the sin, those voices are allowed to stay. 
You have to live a holy life. You have to let that go. You have to choose to wait for God's best in every part of your life. See, and this is the problem is that a lot of people, you know, when, when this enemy comes, did God really say? Is that what God really said? The thing is, a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't know what God really said. Because they don't actually read the Bible for themselves. A lot of Christians trust the preacher to tell them what the Bible says. This is scary. This is why there's so many churches in America where people are, 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 are not preaching the word of God. They've moved away from the scriptures. The preacher doesn't believe the word of God. And people are sitting there listening, saying amen, because they've never read the word themselves. They would, if they had read the word, they would sit there and go, oh, no, blasphemy. devil and run out you need to know what the word of god says for yourself so when the devil tries to come and steal it from you, you go oh no you didn't jesus said he heals me i don't care what you say i don't care what my circumstances look like you're not talking out of it because in order to drown out the wrong voices you need to be able to hear what god's voice sounds like and you know how you find out by reading the bible when you read the Bible, you'll begin to see his personality. You'll begin to see his character. His voice will come out at you. You'll be able to know, oh, that's the voice of God. I get it. Because let me tell you something. The voice you respond to will determine the future you experience. So choose the voice carefully. <laughs> You're all like, which one is she going to say? What is happening? Choose the voice you want carefully. You know, and the other thing is God's word is, is supernatural. God's word always carries with it supernatural power. Let's look at the scripture. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. God created the light. It's good. So let me ask you a question. What day was the sun made on? Day number four. Ooh, but there was light. But the sun wasn't made till day four. But there was light. Supernatural light. Supernatural light, people. Because when God says it, the natural world does whatever he says. Because he is supernatural. See, the power of God's word will dis disrupt the natural order of things. That's what you should expect. His word to disrupt the natural order of things. How is this not like our lives? People are in confusion. People are in darkness. People are worried, stressed out, needing an answer. And what they do is they run from one natural thing to the next thing, looking for direction in the natural, when they should be running to God, looking for a supernatural word and answer from God. Because all you need is a supernatural word from God, and he will give you the directions and guidance you need. But you know... When you give your problems to God, he doesn't always give you a solution. But he'll give you a promise, a word from him, and he'll give you peace. See, he, he knows what's on, on your mind, but he cares about your heart. Because this isn't the only problem you're going to face. Around the corner, there's another problem. And he needs you to learn to trust him in everything. 
So what he does is he gives you this promise and then he gives you a choice whether you're going to hold on to that promise or whether you're going to go back to worrying, go back to trying to figure it out on your own, going back to wishing that, you know, life was different. So he gives you this word, this promise, and this promise is an opportunity. The opportunity is you can have a healthy marriage. You can live without anger. You can forgive. You can get let go of that abuse. You can write that book that God has told you to that will help people. You can get out of debt. You can walk in healing. You can, according to the scriptures. So he gives you the opportunity in the promise. But the opportunity is wrapped in obedience. So now what do you do with it? Now, some of these promises, these words God gives you, you could be simple faith, like, like Mary when she found out she was about to have baby Jesus, you know? She says, let it be to me as you say. You could just take it at face value and be like, yes, God, thank you. I received that word. Let it be to me like you said, God. I believe it. I'm taking it all. Thank you. Easy, right? That's just the simple faith. Not easy, but simple faith. And then there's the obedience to the word when you have to fight for it. When God called me in 2008, the journey wasn't quick or easy. I was not ordained as a pastor until 2015. When God calls you, as I said, he will enable you, he will anoint you, and he will give you the grace to do what he's called you to do. Whether that's a businessman or a principal in a public school, or writing a book, or raising your kids, he will give you the enablement, the anointing, and the grace to do it. But see, it was my choice whether I would face the adversities that were about to come with that call. You're only being made a pastor because your dad is the senior pastor of the church. Aren't women not supposed to preach? Oh, we're just the minor few adversities that I had to face, never mind the spiritual maturation that I had to go through in my own character. It was my choice. I could have walked away. I could have chose not to go through the refining fire. And let me tell you, it's a refining fire. But I would have missed all of this. And I love what I do more than I ever loved traveling the world. And I love traveling the world. This is, I love this. See, a word from God doesn't mean he's going to jump you to the goal line. A word from God means he's calling you higher and deeper. He's calling you higher. Come, come, look what I've got for you. Look what you can do. Come, come walk with me. Look what I see you doing. Look what I see you accomplishing. That's what the word is saying over you. He's speaking it over you. He's telling you what is possible in your life if you can believe and then walk. See, we don't stand still in faith. We walk. Because when you're saying, because most people do this, oh, I got a word from God. Well, I'm just going to wait for the right time, the right place, the right people, and for God to open a door, and for God to push my foot forward. And God's like, would you just walk? I can't do anything with you like this. And you're like, no, I'm just, just going to wait here, you know. No, you walk. All right, God, I'm just going to take a step in the natural, and I know you're going to open the next door for me. And as you walk, and you know God's like, nope, wrong way, this way. See, God will direct you while you're moving. 
you got to take that step out and walk. I'm going to show you some photos here. You might recognize some people. These are our graduating classes. These are photos I have hanging in my office. These are some of our Bible college graduating classes that I have had the privilege of being the dean over since I started. We have a two-year intensive Bible college, if you don't know. And these are our graduates, and they meet every Monday night. We have classes, and then they graduated off to two years. And we have these photos also hanging around the corner on the way to the bathrooms. I apologize about the location, but that's all we've got for wall space. Keeps you entertained in the line. You know, and I've heard people say to me, because if you had a look around the church, you might be like, wow, where are half those people? You know, where'd they go? And sometimes people come up to me and they'd be like, oh, aren't you sad that so-and-so left? Or aren't you super disappointed that, that those people didn't stay? Uh, and, you know, I, I'm human, of course. I pour my life out into people, so, of course, I get disappointed and, and I get sad. But, you know, one, one time the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, don't look in the natural, look at it in the spirit. And see, when I stopped and I looked at it in the spirit... I saw that for at least two years, while these people were here, God entrusted me with the true riches. And while they were here, we did what Jesus commanded us to do, and we taught them, and we discipled them, and we mentored them, and we taught them how to grow in the knowledge of God and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I did what God called me to do. I walked out his word over my life. Whether they moved away or moved to another church or wherever it is, they will forever know how to build their house on the rock. They will forever know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And one day when I stand before God, I know that I valued the treasures he gave me. And I didn't quit. I didn't quit when people hurt me. I didn't quit when they devalued me. And I didn't quit when the government tried to shut me down. I don't quit, people, because I've got a supernatural word from God that I clung to. That is my life source and my reason for living. That's what a word from God will do for you. You know, and I know people... Uh, some people, you got prophetic words given to you. Maybe it was by Prophet Andre or Prophet Ed or, you know, the word that Prophet Esther got, gave for us for the church, the reason, reason we pray it, play it so much is because it's for all of you. It's for the promised church. So what do you do with those words? You go home, you write it out, you type it out, you listen to it. I've got mine on recording. I play them over and over and over. Every prophetic word I've gotten, I play it over and over and over. I write it down. I, in, my, in my time with the Lord, I take it before God and I'm like, God, what are you saying to me in this? Is this how you see me, Lord? See, because prophecy is an invitation to intimacy. God gives you something special because he's like, will you, will you draw close to me? Will you come closer? So you go closer and you're like, God, what is this really how you see me? This is amazing. 
For so many years, I would play words that people gave me over my life, especially before I had to preach, because I would feel so inadequate. I had, I had just feelings of insecurity. Hello, have you met my dad? So, you know, I was like, I got to get up on that stage. God, what am I going to say? You know, and I would play those prophetic words over my life, and the tears would stream down my face because I'd be like, that's how you see me, God. Well, then I need to shut up and stand up and be the woman you've called me to be because that's how you see me, God. Forget how I see me. I see myself as God sees me because he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He needs me to step up. He decrees those things that be not as though they were, so we should do the same. Stop seeing yourself as you see yourself. See yourself as God sees you and declare and decree it over your life. And then there's words that God gives you that are instructional words. Sometimes they're in the scripture that you read them and you're like, oh, I got to go and forgive that person. I did wish I didn't read that scripture, you know, and now you got to go do it because God's not going to move off that scripture until you fulfill it, especially if he's spoken it to you. Maybe he gives you a, 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 a word to yourself. When we were preparing to go to India in 2019, we took two teams in 2017 and 2019 to India. I was preparing, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Holy Spirit was showing me different things at different meetings that we were going to do. And one of the meetings we were going to, Sister Padma had told us, was going to be for the young adults. It was going to be a young adult, young people in, in work that we were going to speak to. And uh, Dr. Chris, he was, uh, he, I think they're in children's church today, he was uh, going to be speaking at that meeting as well. And so we prepared accordingly. And before I left for India... Um, the Lord spoke a word to me that I'm to do an altar call for ministry. And so I went to God with that and the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you want me to call people out for ministry who feel like they're called to do ministry? Yes. And then lay hands on them and anoint them with your team. I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds great. So fast forward to that day of that, that where we're supposed to go. Sister Padma tells us that morning, oh, no, 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 not, not young adults. They're high schoolers. I was like, high schoolers? That changes everything. What do you mean they're in high school? And a call for ministry? Maybe I didn't hear right. Okay, high schoolers. Okay, she's like, we get to the high school. Now, I am sicker than a dog, okay? I got so sick on that trip. And by this particular day, now I'm having a reaction to the medication I'm taking. So I'm practically delirious, okay? So feeling great. Um, uh, and then everything goes wrong. We're in this. <coughs> the principal says we can only have one hour. I'm like, one hour? They put all the kids in this huge little, like, room, and we pick up the microphone to start talking, and it's, the microphones, the sound system sounded like Minnie Mouse. I was like, oh, Lord, please help us. Please get us a new microphone or something. Dr. Chris gets up and, and does his best to talk to these kids, and they sit like this. I mean, not moved, not a smile, not a crack, nothing. And Chris is, like, practically doing a dance up there trying to get them. Nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. And he's done, and now it's my turn, right, to do the altar call and the altar call for ministry. And I sit there, and I'm like, God, things have changed. So I, I don't know if you know, but it's actually not young adults. They're high schoolers. So I'm just letting you know, in case you didn't know what was happening. And I'm really sick, and I, it's not going well. So I don't know if I should still, should I still... <clears throat> Holy Spirit's like, altar call for ministry. I'm like, okay, Jesus. So I, I, I get up and I'm like, okay. And I, I just start beginning to tell them about the love of Jesus and who wants to give your life to Jesus and, and forever be changed. And you know, altar call, I don't have time. I'm trying to abbreviate. And these little hands start to go up in the air through the room. And we've got a picture. We've got a couple different pictures as, that, as little hands start to go up. 
as you can start to see his little hands in the air. There's some different shots for different people. I think there's one more picture. Leave that one up for a minute. So you can see the little hands all through the room begin to grow up. And so I do a prayer over them. I pray. And there was close to 200 kids because there was kids standing on the outside of the doors as well. And um, so when the hands down, we pray for them. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I just say, you know what? Before I came to India, the Lord told me that there's people in here that he's calling to go into ministry for, for India, for your town, for your nation, that God's going to anoint you and call you out for ministry. And I did a little longer thing than that. And I said, if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat. Get out of your seat in front of your high school friends and come down front. And we're going to pray for you. And I stood there. And I stood there some more. And a little more. And then this little girl in the back gets up, passes her friends, and starts walking down the aisle. And another little girl gets up, pushes through, starts walking down the aisle. And a boy, senior in high school, gets up and starts walking down the aisle. And before I knew it, there were 12 kids standing down front. And my team begins to lay hands on them and fill them with the Holy Spirit and anoint them and pray for them. And while this is happening, the school, the school principal who said, you can only have one hour. Not in that accent. But she says, she says, you know what? She gets up, she takes the mic, she says, forget your next class. If anybody in the room wants to be prayed for by them, just make a line, the rest of you are dismissed. I watched while every single kid in the room lined up down the hallway, out the building, around the building, and all the way through the side. As we began to pray for these kids and get them filled with the Holy Spirit, one, my team is praying for one girl. She gets radically touched, filled with the, the power of God, hits her. She goes down under the power. There's no catches. This is high school. She hits that concrete. The principal jumps up. She's like, mm, do I call the, mm? I'm like, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. My friend just gets down like this to pray you know, like, she's just speaking in tongues right off the floor. I mean, we got people, my team got eight children filled with the Holy Spirit. Power of God touched these kids like never before. Ten children saved, 12 dedicated to ministry, eight filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Jesus. Because I was willing to take that step, regardless of how I felt or what I saw, because the Holy Spirit had given me a word and said, do it. See, God needs your cooperation to reach the world. He has an agenda, but he needs your help. God wants to do so much more than you ask him for, but he wants to do through you what he, what he wants done for his kingdom. We tend to focus on what we want for ourselves. We tend to focus on our needs, our desires, and our wants. And yes, God does. He wants to meet those. But God is looking at you, and what he's seeing is, who could you reach? Who could you bring heaven to? Who could you introduce his son to? Do you think you got that promotion at work for yourself? Or do you think you might have gotten that promotion at work because God is trying to minister to a group of people he couldn't get to before you got there? Have you ever considered... That you are the only ones praying for those people. No matter how unsaved they seem, they might not have one other person on this planet praying for them and God can't move in their lives until somebody prays. Your prayers are so important. God is using you. Don't discount the fact that all you can do is pray in that moment so God can move. God wants to do something so big in your life. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but he also has so much more planned for you. 
He wants to show you doors. He wants to open doors that will be a whole new world of opportunity for you. But see, when we get blinded by our own brokenness and our failures, we can't even see the door. In my own life, I fought my calling mostly because of my own failures, and I discredited myself. God literally had to speak to me like three times about it. And I mean, speak to me. And what he did when he spoke to me is he restored me. He gave me the last name Hope, and he told me to run. See, we have to stop doing the devil's work for him. You have to stop beating ourselves up over what God has already forgotten. See, when you ask God to forgive you for something and you repent, God says he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. So stop beating yourselves up over what God has already forgotten. I want to encourage you today as I close to keep your eyes on the promises that God has given you. Don't look at the obstacles, look to your overcomer. Bury those words that you've gotten from God in your heart and your mind and your soul. And don't let the walls in front of you or the mountains beside you or the naysayers behind you keep you from walking in the faith in God. And what he's got planned for you. Remember, folks, we walk by faith and not by all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. And he who promised is faithful. That's what a word from God will do in your life. Amen. 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 Well, let's stand together. Stand with me. Just close your eyes for a moment. If that word from God is for you, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never said, God, I need that. I, I, I didn't know Jesus died for my sins. Or if that's you and you're coming back and you're like, I need to get right with the Lord. I need Jesus. I need to know Jesus like Jessica said she knows him. I need that touch from you, God. Then just raise your hand and by your very words, we're going to confess Jesus as Lord of your life and you'll be saved. If that's you, put your hand up in the air right now. We'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right. I see those hands. Thank you. I'm going to ask my ministry team to come forward. If you need somebody to agree with you in prayer for healing over your body or financial or whatever the case may be, and if you raised your hand for that as well, if you raised your hand just to get back right with Jesus, then I want you to come out of your seat as well and just let the person know, and they're going to pray with you as well, okay? So if you need prayer for anything, I want you to come out of your seats right now. Come down to our prayer team. They'll pray for you. We're going to go ahead and dismiss this service today. Find that word from God. Hide it in your heart. Don't let go. Fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for it. Dream it, visualize it, imagine it. Because that's what we're doing with that word that, that Prophet Esther gave this church. We're visualizing it. We're dreaming about it. We're engaging with God because he wants to take us further and deeper and higher. And that's what we want. So you need to link arms with us and do the same in your own life. Come on out. P3 is going to be so powerful this Wednesday night. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. So thank you for coming out. We love you, but come down forward if you want prayer for anything or just recommit your life to the Lord, okay? Thanks, guys.